Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Redefining Security podcast. Have you ever thought that we are selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Perhaps we are. So let's look at how we can organize a successful InfoSec program that integrates people, process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. iTrust is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at HighTrustAlliance.net. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. Asgardia by WSO2 is a developer-focused identity and access management solution. Offered as Identity as a Service, or IDAS, Asgardio by WSO2 creates seamless login experiences to your apps in minutes. And look at that. Here we are. We are live on Redefining Cybersecurity here on ITSP Magazine. This is Sean Martin. You're very welcome to join us today. And uh, it's been a few weeks. I've been creative with the scheduling of uh, this episode, and I appreciate my guests for for being flexible uh, as we come together here on this Monday morning slash afternoon, if you're West or East Coast, depending. And uh, I'm thrilled to have Christy Westfall on and Jor Engel. Thank you, uh, thank you for being part of the show today. Thank you. And uh, the the topic for those who are are listening and watching is application security, and uh, I, I have a a slice of API security in there as well. Um, as we were kind of discussing before we, we kicked into live mode here, that there's been a lot of a lot of great work. Uh, we can point to OWASP and a bunch of organizations uh, doing a lot of good work around securing the web application and applications in general, typically through an interface like the web. And uh, we're seeing a lot more of applications kind of connecting through APIs as well, where they don't necessarily have an interface uh, to to see what's happening, or for users to, uh, or bad actors, I should say, to exploit. Um, so we're going to spend a lot of time general appsec, um, kind of looking at the engineering process and how security teams get involved with that, and how uh, security operations and security programs in general can help ensure that we're building applications that are secure. Uh, before we do that. Um, brief word from each guest just so folks know who they're hearing from today and Christy I'm gonna start with you what what you're up to what your role is and maybe a, a word or two on why this topic is important Ooh, I could go on for hours I'm kidding um, I'm Christy Westfall I'm currently the vice president of security operations at health equity uh, so I own all of uh, incident response and that's across fraud cyber data protection and insider threat um, and I, I think this topic is so 
complicated, but we've got to figure it out, right? So from my team's perspective, the traditional cyber response, um, we, we deal with the endpoints, we deal with network traffic, we deal with the traditional stuff. But then we've got this thing on the other side called applications that all our customers and our, um, and our internal customers use as well. And we tend to not mix too much. Um, and that's, that's a problem, right? Because when something breaks, guess who has to respond? Or when it breaks because of a security person, Per, uh, reason it's the security operations team. And so we've got this skill gap going on of how do we best do this? And we need to be better about being on the front end. So I'm really excited to kind of unpack some of these ideas today and, and see um, how we can come together as as an, a community and, and figure this out. Brent, thank you for that, Christy. And you can talk as long as you want. It's an open <laughs> forum here. Uh, Jor. Yes, I'm, I'm Giora Engel. I'm a co-founder and CEO at Neosec. And uh, for me, it, it was actually you know, great to, uh, to hear your perspective, Christy, because for me, I'm, I'm a second-time cybersecurity entrepreneur. Uh, you know, the first iteration was exactly on you know, inventing XDR uh, and solving the, you know, the, uh, these problems on the endpoint and network side. And Neosec is really all about API security. And what we've seen um, is that most security teams already have a handle on, on securing the enterprise but uh, these applications and APIs grow so fast these days, and uh, they're much deeper into the business. Uh, so, uh, so we're we're trying to to take the same approach of, uh, of you know uh, visibility detection and response and apply it to the uh, to the API and application side. So let's. Uh, I mean, this can be such a wide uh, topic. Uh, let's put a little frame on it, and I'm going to ask Christy to you to help with that because. I mean, we can talk about applications being developed by an organization to present to their customers so they can buy things and use the services and whatnot. Then there are apps built for the internal teams. And then there's a lot of off-the-shelf stuff that may just get deployed off the shelf and, and perhaps maybe even tweaked and tuned. And then as we briefly discussed, there there's this whole world of APIs where you're connecting things like Slacks to Jira's to GitHub's to write all this stuff where things just connect right? and things happen magically because of that. So I'm curious your view of that world or those worlds and are there other things maybe that I'm not even touching on um, you have to care about because there's, engineering and then there's operations and there's management and response. I mean, your, your thoughts on that first off. So my first thought is going way back um, long before we had cloud, um, you know, it's, it's with applications. It's always the um, it's always the uh, instrumentation, right? It's the telemetry into those apps. Now we, we are much better at opera on that just plain operation side, monitoring those apps for health and uptime and all that stuff. It's the trying to get into those applications and understand what they do and how to best um, monitor and respond to them that we always have the problem. So then you start layering on top of that all, all of the other complications that you just mentioned, Sean, and it gets, it gets muddy really, really fast. But if you really boil that down, it's all about 
people understanding how things work and understanding where they broke. And I, I use broke a lot. Um, it's, it's, it, it's broken by an attacker. It's broken by, um, you know, a, a user that just is trying to use it. You know, it can be either way, but it's, it's all about analysis. So it, to start, you know, I, I wish I had a good answer for this, but the best I can come up with is you've got to understand your ecosystem. And the only way to do that is to have all these groups on board with each other, right? Because our our security folks um, want to work with our, you know, developers. And I'm not just using my organization, but in general. But the developers have their their mission. They have timeframes. They have deadlines. They got to make deliverables um, to get things done. And they don't want to like oh all the security stuff. So. We got to understand. We got to understand the ecosystem. We've got to communicate, and we as security folks who want to help do this better, we have to make it easier for the development community to do this. Um, and there's a balance. I think we can unpack this a little bit of tools that work and tools that just don't work, and processes that don't work to do that. And somewhere in between, there's a solution. So that was a long answer, but there you go. <laughs> And maybe Dior, if you have uh, some thoughts on this, I'm, I'm wondering, do your experience, um, do, do organizations, maybe Chris have more thoughts on this as well, do organizations separate applications from procured versus developed? Do they get oh, treated yeah. differently? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th that's, uh, th I think that, that is one maybe new differentiation that organizations make. I, I think, you know, the security used to be very focused on, uh, on IT, and uh, you know, on the kind of the CIO side uh, of you know bringing uh, you know all sorts of solutions and, and operating them and securing them, but today most organizations, you know, naturally new organizations, but also more traditional fields like healthcare and uh, financial services, it's all about innovation and, and writing your own code to achieve you know some new business goals and and you know create new products and new offerings to your customers and partners, and I, I think there's a huge difference between. Um, applications that you develop internally and between uh, applications that you buy from, you know, from other uh, vendors. Um, I, I think from a security perspective, of course, both of them need to be secured, but the, the tools to secure them are very, very different because when you develop your own application, you know, you have a whole development process. You can influence the, the actual uh, process from the beginning. Uh, and of course, you, you're responsible for operating the, the solution and understanding how it's used. Well, you know, if you use a, an external solution, it's typically a SaaS solution. And then, then you only have control over the configuration and, and maybe some, uh, I don't know, some, uh, uh, some checks that you can do on the vendor, but it's, uh, it's very indirect. So I think the process is very, very different between the two. So Christy, where, where should we focus? Should we, should we look at the, the, the homegrown stuff? Maybe set aside the procured apps for the moment? Yeah, um, that's a whole other hour, um, right. at least. Uh, yeah, I think I think maybe um, that's probably the the easier one to unpack um, because, uh, as Jura mentioned, you know, there's 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 your IT, your traditional IT, and then there's your you know, maybe your CTO or your your application stack, and they're usually not in the same um, organization. And um, I I think ultimately we all have the same goal: the the organization needs to make money, and we need to be able to deliver those apps. But um, I think we have hopefully better control over the inter the internal folks to be able to, to bridge those gaps. 
So let, let's get into some of the, the operational aspects of this because you, you mentioned a couple teams already and uh, you mentioned that we we want to share or we share the same objectives, uh, maybe maybe same goals, uh, maybe our MBOs look different and maybe, maybe that's something we can touch on. Um, but how, how do we, and I don't know, having built a gazillion products in my life, I know the better you do planning up front to the left, the easier it is for you moving through and, and you're able to, you're a little more resilient as you move to the right. Um, so the, I think everybody recognizes that, but how do we actually achieve that? How do we get security engineering into the engineering team and security operations into the IT ops and, and DevOps teams? And so I don't know, Chris, do you, how, do you, how do you bridge that initial gap? Is it no, at the architect I, time or where, where is it? Yeah, it, it, I've seen it done so many different ways and it it is a struggle no matter which way you do it right so i kind of i feel like if i take a step back which i've, I've been trying to do for this whole conversation and get out of my just security operations vision um i think if you take a step back and and you try something small right we we try to boil the ocean when we try to implement some new security process uh, and i'll take um, architectural security patterns for example so if you're developing your application, you know, here's all the things you need to test for, whether it's OWASP top 10 or whatever it is. Um, or I think number one, you need to kind of start small and come up with a successful, you know, example. Hey, we did this brand new build for this brand new thing. We did it this way and look at that. There's no defects, there's no security vulnerabilities um, in this first deployment. Uh, if you can get that far, uh, I think that's an accomplishment. And then you use that to kind of say, look, this worked because then you start winning over other areas within those teams, because even within the development silos, there's there are more silos and, and it's hard to get all of them to want to cooperate on the same same page. So I, I, I don't know uh, if there's any best way to do it, but that's that's my thinking is start small. Yeah, I love that. Quick wins is what I used to call them when I was building stuff. And I, I'm wondering, because you, you mentioned silos, and now we're, we're attaching another silo to the silos. And you, I don't know if from your experience uh, connecting with folks, are there particular parts of the engineering organization that are more apt to be a partner or a champion? I'm thinking QA, but I don't know. What, yeah. do, what do you think? think? So interestingly, you know, the more you build applications and APIs, uh, you realize that uh, you know security is, is typically not a gate anymore. Uh, it, it's uh, I mean I think in, in let's say in healthy organizations it's uh, it's considered an, an enabler, uh, you know to uh, to accelerate your digital transformation and so on because you're you're practically opening more and more to the outside. And if you do it right, it can actually really you know help your business. And and of course you know if you do it wrong, it's, it it also adds, adds a lot of risks. But in a sense, you can't really avoid that need to, uh, you know, to open yourself to the outside. That's that's the core business in the end of the day. So I, I think what what we saw is that um, it, you, you can't think about it as a gate anymore. And uh, the developers actually uh, they have the same um, the same challenge in a sense. I mean, they don't have the complete visibility over everything. I mean, individual developers maybe see their own code, but there's a you know there's a 
the development organization, you don't necessarily know everything and all the APIs and all the applications that are deployed. Uh, so that that uh, visibility gap is typically a problem of both sides, both security and developers. And you know, if if they work together, they can actually achieve much much better results on you know that that can uh, address both the uh, the DevOps and and operational aspects of it as well as security. And and Christy, I'm going to go to the MBOs because I'm just wondering. Uh, in your, I don't know if you have any experience in this or not, but just how we define success for an individual on a team um, in relation to the rest of the organization. Now, th this doesn't have to be AppSec specific, right? This, this can be just general security. So maybe there are some things we can draw upon there even to say, you know, we, we've, we've, been, we've been able to make this work in this way on a broader picture. Here's a great way to apply it uh, specifically to application security. Yeah, you bring up a, a really great point. If if we continue to uh, support those silos by making sure everybody has their own goals and no, and then none of them directly tie up to the overall strategy of the organization, it, it, you're going to get the same thing you had yesterday, right? So um, you got to try something, and I think I think that's achievable by being real specific on what team, what everybody in the team, what their role is. Um, and then I think if you you set the team goals, like if if your team doesn't achieve X, Y, and Z, including security and you know good quality code and functioning code and all that stuff, um, you all fail, right? That that's your goal. And and you guys have to figure it out. And then you can also keep that individual individual because they, they'll want to have some of their own goals. You know, you set those too. You have a balance without overwhelming them. Um, but it it's you I think it all comes back to the what's what's the business strategy. And if if you're all um, and I see this a lot still within technical teams in general. If you're all setting and your leaders aren't setting an overall strategy and you're each group is setting their own goals for each year because you have to set them, um, it, it, it's not going to work. So um, I really like the idea of shared goals as well. Yeah, and the language in your, maybe you have some uh, some thoughts and it's just from building some products yourself, obviously. Uh, I don't know, when I was a, a program manager working with quality assurance and the build process team and, and the engineering team and the architecture team. We, we define the program in a way where we, we purposely supported each other. We, we got into the user stories and crossed over into other areas and, and really helped kind of build some momentum behind what we were trying to accomplish. And I'm wondering if you, if you have any thoughts on, I don't know, is it stand-up meetings or, or uh, agile uh, yeah. milestone uh, assessment? I don't know, where, where, how and where do we have some of those discussions where we say we did a good job together, right? And that's what that looks like. So, so naturally, we, we ourselves have, you know, develop applications and, and, and APIs, uh, you know, as, as a SaaS company. And I think we have the same uh, challenges like, like other companies, right? Because, you know, we have the developers. The developers are always, uh, you know, uh, pushed to, to add more capabilities, you know, from the customers and, you know, from, from the business and so on. 
And, uh, you know, naturally everything needs to, to be delivered in the right way and tested and secured and everything. Um, I, I think what we realized in, you know, in building, uh, you know, this company and, and also uh, previously um, is that it, for many companies building, uh, building SaaS components, and by the way, SaaS is, is practically, um, I mean, it doesn't have to be a SaaS product, it, even if you're uh, exposing applications and APIs to, an, to another partner, it's uh, some kind of SaaS because you, you host it on, on your side and, you know, they, they use your system. Um, I think in, in modern uh, teams and, and modern uh, development uh, um, paradigms, it's more of a continuous operation. It's not just a, a, you know one feature that you work on and you plan for for a while, and then you you know it takes a whole process. Instead, it's smaller sprints, and, and each sprint can add some capabilities. Some sprints can change you know the interface a little bit. Some some don't. Um, but it's continuous, and um, and I think it's uh, it takes some time to get used to that because you know all of a sudden you don't you don't have a a long term planning process, and you, you can't you also cannot implement you know gates of that kind. You need to have a more continuous uh, approach to that. Um, and we we found that the the best way to uh, to overcome some of these challenges is through visibility. If you know if the right people have you know can see how it's uh, how it's working, um, both on the staging or development side but also on the runtime side you know as it hits production because you know the, the difference between staging and production is very very uh um, you know close uh when you do cicd i mean it's you know it can be like you know an hour before in staging and you know and then the next hour in production uh so um so that that, that level of visibility makes a difference i think that in, in in many organizations there's a huge challenge of not being able to see how things run uh as a developer and that creates a lot of uh, problems because you know if you don't see the um, if you don't see your piece of code all the way through from the development you know to the actual operations, you might miss some you know some security aspects. You might miss operational aspects. Um, so that, so to me, it boils to uh, uh, visibility and you know having the uh, you know the team own it from the beginning to the end. Can yeah, I throw one more thought in there too? Um, while while you were talking, I just I thought, you know, this is this is a really good opportunity too. If we do have these shared um, project groups and and whatnot, is it's it's the skill gap is also a, an issue kind of on the security side and maybe maybe on both sides, right? And if we can get the teams to work closer together um, to provide a deliverable, a shared deliverable. Uh, they can also help train each other, right? Because in incident response, you know, if something is going on with one of our APIs, whether it's ours or a third party, we need to pull in development resources because we just don't have that expertise on staff right now. Well, the more they pair, um, the more we learn and the more that the application guys learn as well. And, and we can kind of say, oh, this is the kind of stuff we look for. And it may be a little less formal, but I think it's a really great opportunity there as well. It is. I mean, it, 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 we saw that all the time. Uh, you know, we're working with different security teams. I think that it, it, exactly as you said, there is a knowledge gap, um, and it's on both sides. I mean, the, I think the the, uh, the developers don't necessarily think about uh, you know the, the security aspects of it, and the security team naturally knows the the specific APIs and the specific uh, um, you know code less than the developers because they didn't develop it. Um, and uh, you know, working together makes all the difference, for sure. So again, I, I tap into my program manager mind here, and, and 
I always I always say to myself that the list always grows, never never shortens, right? There's always something else added to this to the stack of things to to work on. And as you were both talking, I'm just thinking, well, this isn't just the application. And Yor, you 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 kind of touched on a little bit when you said even this is if this is hosted on in a data center that you're exposing through an interface externally to a partner, that's SaaS to them, even if it's data center to you yeah. on-prem. Um, and uh, what what I'm thinking about is just, it's no longer just spin up a Windows machine or spin up a Linux machine in the data center and build this app to run there with, an act, with a directory and, and a database and whatever else you're going to pull in. It's... Pick your platform of choice. Pick your SaaS and PaaS and IaaS and and all your um, open source elements to give you two factor auth and <laughs> or maybe that's not a, maybe that's not an open source, but all these things right come together and your teams, the people responsible for ensuring security as the app's built, ensuring security as it's running and, and responding to things when they when they break, as you all put, uh, Christy. Is super complicated. So how and so to me that list just never never ending grows to new skills coming our way. How do you get a handle on that? Because it's very my mind is it's very easy to become the department of know again. Well, no, you, you can't run on that platform. Just it's not not going to happen because we don't have the team to support it. So how do we get around that? Yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a real struggle. Um, it's you you have to again we have to be creative right we don't have all the people we need um we don't have all the time we need uh and you kind of have to prioritize based on risk and based on what the again back i'm going back to the strategy what why are we here um what are we trying to work for if uh and i'm i'm infamous for this because i get a i get a wild hair and i'm like i'm gonna switch out this big thing but it's a lot of money it's a lot of resources okay well calm down, you know, it's like, let's, let's figure out where does this fit in the overall picture of things? You know, you're not the only person on the planet. We've got to fit this in the budget. We've got to figure out where we are from a risk perspective and where does this make sense? Um, and can we, can we do it? And then can we support it? Because the, the last thing you want to do is get yet another tool or another, you know, big effort that could be multi-years in implementation that isn't going to be supported. So you kind of, you really need to, Take a step back, look at the, the higher level view and then figure out, OK, how can we make this work? Um, and I'm I try to approach that instead of never saying no, because it's like, all right, well, let's see if this even makes sense. And let's look at the broader picture, because to your point, you're you're not just it's just not my team trying to implement this. There's a bunch of people in there. There's it's. You know, can we can we sustain the new knowledge that we're going to have to understand to be able to sustain that? And and how do we best understand the security implications? Right? APIs are a you know, I'm going to just throw them out there because they're everywhere. We we have to we have to use them for again commercial and in-house built uh, tools. And how do we really know where we're getting our data from? holistically, right? It, it's a challenge. You know, sometimes tools can help us. I'm not sure that an API gateway is a solution anymore, um, but I think maybe a mix of some things might be able to help get us there. So 
um, it's it's not an easy answer, and it's kind of one of those things you just have to constant kind of continuous continuous improvement, continuous learning. It's all trying to just keep on top of what what your ecosystem looks like. I wanted to add on your uh, you know uh, risk assessment uh, perspective. I, th I think it's uh, I think it's probably the only the only way you know that, that that makes sense in the end of the day because there are so many moving parts, and we need to make sure that that in the end of the day we're actually making a difference. Uh, and you know the, the business is more secure or you know less prone to attacks than uh, the day before, right? So, I think the the uh, one of the advantages of, of applications and APIs is that they're much more transparent on where they touch the business compared to infrastructure. Because you know when we protect the infrastructure, we have network, we have you know all sorts of devices in the network. It's a little bit indirect, you know, compared to the actual business value. You know where the business data are. Uh, you can still do the same uh, the same analysis, but it's a little bit indirect. While in the, on the application side and APIs, it's very clear how each application is related to the business and what type of data it has, um, especially the, the ones that are developed in-house. I mean, it's very, very clear because it's, uh, it's really part of the core business. And, uh, and I think, I think the, you know, the advantage or maybe the, uh, uh, you know, the, the benefit of, of, uh, of focusing on application security that way is that you can actually, you, you can, you can do the risk analysis very well because you, you actually know exactly what the application is used for, what is the meaning of the data, what happens if the data is, uh, you know, is accessed in the wrong way. And you know, using that analysis, you can focus on what, what makes the difference uh, rather than you know, boiling the ocean. Uh, so we, we've seen that approach work, you know, working very, very well for, uh, for different organizations. And that, that's, that's kind of the, the way to start. Um, so I you know, definitely uh, you know, like the risk, man risk management approach. No, I'm, I'm going to nerd out on risk management because I, I love risk management. Um, I don't know if that's sad or not, but um, it, it is the starting point for a lot of this, right? Um, and, of course, that, that big block has a bunch of things where you have to start somewhere within there. Maybe what, what are we trying to accomplish and how are we doing it and what are the assets and data used to do it and who's going to make it happen? How do, how do you get or how have you seen organizations translate this idea of risk management into something that can be discussed and defined and measured specifically around AppSec obviously we're talking I, so, so I have, um, I have a, a good example or maybe a good framework that we uh, we saw you know working for uh, for practitioners so, so I think when it comes to um, when it comes to assessing the risk of, of applications, I think you know the first question to ask is you know what, what applications do I expose to the outside? Typically, the, the ones that you expose to the outside are the most risky, naturally, because you, you expose it, the data to the outside. And typically, you know from a business perspective, you know what what are these applications, even if you don't know the exact names of all the interfaces and, and you know the technical terms of each application, you, you know what it is. I mean, if it's a patient portal or uh, you know, or, or an open banking interface, or you know, whatever industry you are, um, so it, it's pretty clear to you know to list them. Typically, not not such a long list. I mean, typically less than ten items uh, in high level. Of course, they, they can break down into more specific ones. The, then the, the next question is typically, uh, you know, who is the user? Um, is it a, uh, an end customer, a partner, an internal user? Uh, because you know, understanding the user also uh, enables to understand what can go wrong. Um, then. Of course, the next question is what can go wrong? Is it a compromised user, a compromised partner, malicious user that stole the, the partner's credentials or, or yeah, 
misimplementation that that can also happen. And then the, lastly, it's it's really all about uh, you know what, what is the implication? Is, is there a compliance implication? Is you know is there PII loss or financial loss? You know whatever you know whatever type of data um, you know is, is held in the system. Um, so, so using that framework, we found that it's uh, it's relatively easy to kind of start from the high level, uh, really start from um, you know less than 10, 10 items that kind of represent your big things that, that you need to protect, and uh, then you can you can break it down. I mean, you can take each one and break it down to uh, to sub services or, or even microservices. I I love the simple framework. Uh, I I I I applaud simple. Um, I think the problem operationally is getting that uh, getting that champion because a lot of times you'll have a formal risk organization, but they may be focused maybe not in, in this level of weeds. Um, so you have to get the the support to make sure that you carry that framework through, and and that that um, is bought off by the business, right? I think. Back to your question too, Sean, and there, there's a lot of numbers that you can work in that framework um, to measure to kind of say, okay, well, um, if we, you know, if this application gets breached, that could potentially expose, you know, this million records, whatever it is of this type of data. Here's all the potential fines. Here's all the regulatory, um, you know, issues we're going to have, all that kind of thing. I think you can very easily quantify that. Um, for just from a potential impact um, perspective, and that that really puts things in perspective very quickly. I think one, one of the opportunities in, in application security in general is that it's it really speaks the business language compared to infrastructure. So it's yep. I think I find that it's uh, easier to explain to to the executives, you know, what's the implication of of something, you know, in, in an application because they they know what what that application means from a business perspective rather than a, you know an infrastructure component that is you know a little bit you know less direct totally agree yeah and it's that mapping that's always uh always fun to uh to figure out and so we're we're coming up here on uh a bit of time i think we're going to wrap here in a second but maybe some thoughts from each of you on the process itself. I don't know if you have any, I hate to call them silver bullets, but tips or tricks or something where if, if you just do this, um, change this process to here or add this to your stand-up meeting or, or use an API to connect this and this thing together so you're not actually trying to strangle a, an engineer by walking over to desk, you just put it in their Jira bucket right? with the with the information. I don't. What are what are some things you can guide people with, or provide some advice that says these simple things can make a big difference in how you operate? You want to go first? <laughs> uh, happy to. I think. Um... Maybe two 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 uh, uh, tips uh, from, from my side. I think you know there's uh, actually the left side and the right side, um, and uh, you know left side is more kind of you know starting from the code from the development process, and that's important. And there's the right side of of monitoring what's actually in production, and it's not either or. You actually need both, and I think it's um, I think it's important to start, you know, even taking baby steps, but taking it in both sides because. I mean, as, as 
even if you're the most advanced on the left side, you will not, you will still not be able to see what's actually going on in production. Um, and you need to have these two capabilities together. And the second tip that sounds kind of simple, but is actually not simple, um, but, but you can definitely take the first steps. I mean, every organization can take the first steps. It, I think that the basic thing that is missing to most organizations that we noticed is the, um, the basic visibility, being able to see the, these actual you know, web calls or API calls um, and, and refer to them as something. Uh, even even without understanding everything, you know, just having that inventory of APIs and being able to see the API calls. So, so this is something that is actually a problem both on the developer and the security side. If you solve that, and you know, there are different ways to solve it, that that creates a, a mutual language that you can use to uh, uh, you know to solve things, to talk about specific interfaces, and so on. Nice. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, the only thing I would add on top of that is also sounds simple, but it's really hard to do is uh, communication. Um, making sure that we're not um, so focused on getting that thing implemented that we talk to people and say, hey, I'm thinking about this and interfacing here and doing this. Um, I think that that would make a huge difference because if, if the security side's aware of what's going on, we can help better guide instead of um, come back later and go, uh oh, this thing's on fire and I gotta go unpack what it really what, what's really going on there. Yeah. Excellent points from both of you. And I, I really like um, your, when you said that it's both sides and Christy, you mentioned at the very beginning as well. Um, when, at least for me, even when I put this, this topic together, AppSec, I immediately went to the left. What are we building? How do we ensure it's secure? And very easy to forget that it does go into production, right? And it, it may have a problem, it may break. And um, I actually have a, a panel coming up uh, in a couple months on incident handling and response. And I, and I think even that conversation needs to change. We're not gonna have that today, but um, the, the, that conversation needs to change because it's not just a system and users and uh, some endpoint stuff we're monitoring, right? And so when we bring all these apps together, we have to monitor them. But what are we monitoring for? Yes, those things, the user activity and, and the transactions, but th there could be things in there that we're not even paying attention to. Uh, certainly bots have a, a big role and, and uh, manipulating, well, I mean, not mimicking human behavior to do things, but there's a lot of fraud. That, who's looking for fraud? How do they know what to look for fraud? Is that security or not? So uh, there's just so much in this space. And uh, I, I'm always in awe of, of folks like you who, who get your hands dirty in this stuff every day because uh, I can think about it, and but then I can go to sleep at night. <laughs> not having to worry about it. No, but this is a great conversation. I don't know, any, any final thoughts from, from you, Christy, and then you, Jor, as we wrap? No, now I know I don't sleep at night, though. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's the fraud in the, in the, in the apps. Uh, Jor, anything? I think, you know, great conversations. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, kind of getting down to the uh, uh, to the foundational you know business process and you know, understanding the business process is really the key um, and, and I think th the beauty of it is that anybody can do that I mean it doesn't require 
deep technical knowledge to understand the business process. I mean, that's something that we should all be able to do. Uh, but starting there is, is really, uh, you know, is really useful. And, uh, and I, I always like these discussions of, you know, understanding the business process. And then from that, we, we understand, you know, all the different challenges. Yeah, I'm going to make a, a plug for uh, program managers, business oriented program managers. If you have that view across all the stuff can, can really help. That's my take anyway. Anyway, thank you. Uh, thank you both for a great conversation packed a lot into uh, the, the short amount of time. It's a pleasure having you on. Hopefully you'll join again. Maybe, uh, maybe the IR one. I don't know. Christy, maybe you want to come back for that one. Um, for those listening, uh, there'll be notes in the, uh, in the show for things that uh, Christy and Jor want to share. Maybe some resources. Um, I know we've I mentioned OWASP and uh, I think Christy mentioned OWASP. Maybe we'll just link to the top 10 uh, for that just for folks to, to reference. And of course, stay tuned for more conversations here on Redefined Security as we hopefully help teams uh, figure out a way to operationalize all this stuff. Not just look at it uh, sitting on the shelf. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Asgardia by WSO2 is a developer-focused identity and access management solution. Offered as Identity as a Service, or IDAS, Asgardio by WSO2 creates seamless login experiences to your apps in minutes. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. HITRUST is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at HITRUSTALLIANCE.NET. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.